this can be generalized to life too. Take the pressure off yourself to be perfect all the time and to strive so, so hard for some of these things that are unattainable and just be present and joyful in the moment. You know, life is short. And so when we're too hard on ourselves, we end up missing some of the joy. Welcome to Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast. I am your host, Dr. Weta L. Brown. I inspire and promote movement. I explain how running adds to life from a mental wholeness aspect, how obstacles can be overcome in life to make it to your finish line. Welcome to Running is Cheaper Than Therapy, episode 27. Dr. Gina Meyer joins me today. She is passionate about empowering women through health and wellness. She is a doctor of physical therapy and has been a leader in the field of outpatient physical therapy and sports medicine since 2003. In her early career, Gina practiced across many states becoming an experienced manual therapist with multiple orthopedic specialties, including the treatment and prevention of running injuries. She is a published researcher in outpatient rehabilitation. She founded Best Life Physical Therapy, I love the name, and sports medicine on the East Coast in 2012 and remains an active partner while owning and operating Rise Pacific Physical Therapy and Sports Medicine in Thousand Oaks. Dr. Meyer has a true passion for helping her patients beat pain so they can get back to doing the things. This pursuit led to her role as founder and host of the Rise Resolute Podcast, a podcast designed to connect women through female athletes' stories of grit and perseverance. Dr. Meyer believes that being active is a privilege that enhances our lives in so many ways, specifically. Running has countless physical and mental benefits, including stress management, decreased anxiety, and depression, which is more important than ever. At Gina founded ARC based on her passion for empowering women by improving their mental, physical health, and overall being through running. Gina recognizes that running can be hard, so providing women with the tools and support they need to be successful can make a difference. Every as a runner within, active, resolute. Through her program, she uplifts women and presents the sport to people who may not otherwise have access or may not otherwise feel that they are able to run. Together, her hope is that through ARC and other programs, that we create a future in which all women can be warmly embraced in the running community and enjoy the amazing benefits running offers. Gina is also a wife, mother of four children, again, an avid runner, hiker, and golfer. She loves adventure, new experiences, the ocean, and the coffee bean. She believes that being active is a privilege and that when we are active, we can rise up and be our best selves and find joy in life. Please welcome Dr. Gina Meyer to Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm absolutely so excited to be here. I wanted to invite you because we have so much in common. I trained as a physical therapist prior to going into medical school. 
And I also have a podcast and I have a passion for running as well. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so where did your passion for running come from? You know, Mita, I started running back when I was 15 years old and it's been many, many years since I was that age. But I've been thinking about this a lot lately, actually, and just remembering the joy that I initially found in running and the joy that I still do find. It's that joy and peace that keeps me coming back. Um, But there are so many other benefits that I think kind of go unnoticed until we actually reflect on them. The confidence that we gain from you know, meeting our goals and surpassing our goals. It's the, you know, mental boost that we get that makes us stronger to fight against struggles that we go through. You know, it's the physical benefits of keeping my body healthy. It's all of these things. And I have four children. So it's just the break, you know, that I love. But so many reasons, so many reasons to love running. Um, I think also the connection with nature is really powerful for me. And in those moments, I also feel real connection to God. So long answer, but yeah, many reasons that I love running. So I can relate to all of those. And one of your quotes, which really spoke to me, running has countless physical and mental benefits, including improved stress management, decreased anxiety and depression, which is more important now more than ever. I started running following the death of my mother. I was trying to lose weight and I realized after I ran, I felt better. I don't know if it was the endorphins. And I love running outside too. It was just peaceful, calm. I used to talk to God. And it was just, I had a Zen effect. Yeah. So I can relate to everything you just said. You know, Rita, I lost my mom too. And it has helped me through that process as well. Um, and just that connection. Sometimes I feel a breeze come through as I'm running. Or my friend and I talk about the weather changes suddenly and we think, we're reminded of their presence, even though they're not here with us on, you know, in physical body on earth. So we share that connection as well. Awesome. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear about your mother. Yeah. Likewise. Can you tell me about some of your research that you've done in regards to running? Sure. Yeah. So this summer I connected with a woman that I interviewed on my podcast, the Rise Resolute podcast. Her name is Nicole at Heart and Soul Running. And we decided that we wanted to look a little bit more into the mental benefits that running has. We, we always think of the physical benefits. We know that we can run to keep our bodies healthy, to manage our weight, to manage comorbidities like diabetes, hypertension, et cetera. But sometimes we don't think about those mental benefits. And especially at this time when life is just uncertain and it seems like sometimes, seriously, Rita, doesn't it seem like sometimes the hits just keep coming? They just keep coming. And Finding something that helps boost our stress management skills and our resiliency, I think, is essential. And so we set out to investigate that and to really look and see what goes on with female runners and, you know, if, in fact, running does boost those mental skills. And we found out overwhelmingly, yes, it does. And so much more, too. Um, So many other areas to investigate and continue researching with running. But even things like boosting creativity, you know, boosting our mental skills and mind power and, of course, yeah, the resiliency and stress management is so essential right now. And I think that if people realize that that benefit is there, that they're more likely to press through because running's not easy. Let's face it. Nope. Uh, there are days that are hard. There are days we want, don't want to get out there. Sometimes we have pain symptoms. It's not easy, but, but the benefits both to the body and the mind are just overwhelming. And they just, they help us navigate this crazy path, this crazy journey we're all on. So yeah, that's a synopsis. Lovely. I would love to read about some of your work. Yeah, absolutely. 
So have you had any significant injuries in your running career? I have. Like most runners, you kind of go through the gamut. If it's not one thing, it's another. So I've had ongoing plantar fasciitis issues that I deal with off and on. I've had knee pain. I have some arthritis in my knee. And yeah, I'm a physical therapist, so I can talk more about the injury stuff if anyone's interested at some point. And I know you're an orthopedic surgeon, so you probably can too. But I have medial compartment arthritis in my knee and modify some things to, to deal with that. But the most serious injury and the one that's ongoing is to the lumbar discs um, at L5-S1 um, and L4-L5 and my lumbar spine. And um, continuing to manage that and kind of work through it. Even now, I think because of the holidays and a lot of wrapping and different things I was doing, I stressed my back. So lately, I've had a little more uh, radicular pain, which is pain that travels into my leg than I normally would have. And, you know, it's a struggle to kind of work through those physical challenges and figure out when to rest and, you know, how to keep moving forward. And some days I'm out there and I'm hurting a little and I find myself repeating a psalm in my mind, you know, I will not be shaken and that I'm strong and can keep going. But yeah, I think physical injury, it can be a real barrier for people to continue with running. So have you had significant injuries in your running career? Yes, I have. You know, as all runners do, we kind of have one injury and move to the next. So I've had some minor things with plantar fasciitis that does prevent me from running sometimes over the years. I've had that going on. I've had medial compartment knee arthritis and have had to modify some things to deal with that. The most significant injury I've had, Mita, is my low back, the discs at L4, L5, and L5S1. And I have radicular pain, which means that it travels down into my leg. So I've dealt with that and it's been ongoing and really something that I think if I wasn't a physical therapist, perhaps it would really have been a barrier to me continuing to run, but it can be done. And lots of core strengthening, appropriate exercises, anti-inflammatories if I need them, and resting is important and listening to my body. I've actually had an exacerbation recently because of the holidays, I think with a lot of bending and lifting and all of that stuff. And so um, some of the days I'm out there, I do have pain and I find myself, you know, really using that positive self-talk and mental skills to get through the race. But yeah, dealing with an injury is not easy. And that's, I know we'll get to it later, but that's why part of our program includes physical therapy to really help women as they're navigating pain symptoms to be able to continue running. We have that in common too. I've had a plethora of injuries. I had plantar fasciitis for like two and a half years and into therapy plus a couple of procedures in order to resolve it. You having injuries makes you a better therapist that you can empathize with your patients and what they're going through. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that it's more powerful to tell a patient, here's what I think from my years of experience, but also from my own personal experience with these injuries. I mean, even I think if it's not the same exact injury that I've gone through, I think just knowing what it feels like to have pain and be frustrated sometimes and, you know, feel like maybe you're not sure if you can continue on. Being able to empathize in that way definitely has made me a better physical therapist. In fact, I was just working with a patient yesterday who was struggling with a knee injury. And I told her, you know, I get it. You want to do all these things that you love doing, but we have to rest your body right now, calm down the inflammation so that then we can return and have less pain and be more successful. So absolutely. What made you start your podcast, The Rise Resolute? Yeah, so it was it was a natural fit for me. So I've been practicing as a doctor of physical therapy since 2003, working with athletes all my life. And 
it was a natural fit for me to interview athletes with the goal in mind of empowering women through the athlete's story of grit and perseverance and overcoming struggles and sort of taking their mental skills and using them and applying them into our own lives, whether or not the women who are listening are athletes. I think there's a lot of wisdom to be found in the the mindset of an athlete and the mental skills that we use. And they, it can be very helpful in navigating a lot of life's struggles. So that was how it all got started. And it even grown since then. I'm blessed to have met so many amazing women, you know, through that platform. So it's all women all that women. you interview? Yeah, it's all women. Yeah. And are they all runners? So it started out that I was interviewing a lot of different athletes from different backgrounds, ballet dancers, who I am still connected with some of them, martial arts, all kinds of different athletes. And then I'm a runner. So I found that my connection with runners was even more powerful. And I started to get a little more involved with just sort of the running community that's online. And it's sort of now morphed into more of uh, runners that come on the podcast. And I really do enjoy talking with them. And especially now that I have founded ARC and that we're taking participants through this amazing program, it's really awesome to bring these runners on and talk about the mental skills of running. And it's even more focused for what I do with ARC and in the rest of my professional life. Can you tell me about your program, ARC? How you started it, when it started? I would love to. You know, so a number of things happened that sort of led to me starting Art Rita. I had the podcast going and was meeting so many amazing women. And a lot of those women actually were telling me about barriers to running and some things that they'd faced. And it just became clear that that there are many barriers out there, be it race, ethnicity, finances, you know, safety. Mm-hmm. perceived ability. There are all these things come into play. So that was swirling in my head. I also had completed a, a training program with an online coach who I interviewed on the podcast. She is amazing out of New York City, Rebecca Stowe. I did her program, even though I've been running for a long time, and I found it to be so empowering. It was amazing. COVID or not, whether or not I could be outside running races in person or not, I found the virtual training to fit my lifestyle because I could do it when I wanted to. She set up a program for me. I loved it. So that happened. And then I also did that research that I mentioned about the mental benefits of running, how it boosts our resilience and our stress management. And I just was kept thinking, how am I going to use this platform that I've created through the Rise Resolute podcast and my background as a physical therapist? And it oh, one day it just clicked for me, Rita. And I thought, oh my gosh, I can put together a program to support women, to break barriers, to bring them to the running community. And if they are also already a runner to support them in that journey. And my vision was a nonprofit so that we could break those financial barriers and bring access to everyone free of charge to them. Of course, the program needs funding because we have to pay the coaches and all the different components of the program require some funding. But yeah, so I thought, oh my gosh, I can create something that would empower women and support them. So ARC was born with the idea that we would provide the virtual running coaching, also physical therapy. As I just mentioned, it was so important, um, especially if you're new to running. Um, and also if you're changing your, your training program to really help stabilize your body and break, break through any pain barriers that you may have. We also have mentorship. So we have athlete mentors that kind of encourage our participants as they're going through, which I think is very powerful and a really great way to be inspired if you're trying to start running or, you know, change up your training. And then the final piece is mindfulness, because I think that is so important, especially with the way the state of the world right now, but just in general to be mindful about why we do the things we do in our lives, right? And choosing joy and making a plan for our life that makes sense with what we really envision for our future and what we want for ourselves. So yeah, that's how it was born. And and the 
the program is up and running and we're getting amazing feedback. Um, we currently have a cohort going through in collaboration with Black Girls Run. And these participants are amazing women. We don't have applications open right now, but at activeresoluteconnected.com, anyone who's interested can check and see if applications are open. And also we have a virtual run that we're launching today and that okay. will be the week of March 1st. So I can tell you more about that if you'd like as well, but many ways to help and get involved. And we're always looking for mentors as well. So that was a long-winded response, but I hopefully I gave you a, a good overview. Oh yeah. I can hear the passion in your voice when you talk about it and see it on your face. What year did it start? So Eric was born just this past year. So we just got it up and running. And this is our second cohort through the program, meaning group of participants through. So um, we are still really working on funding. And that's how everyone can help us through the virtual run and fundraising for our Many of these women, they don't have the financial means to access these components, or they don't have access to such a comprehensive program. It's just an eight-week program, Wita. So we get everybody started with a really solid base. And then, yeah. So it just began. The first cohort started in 2020. So where do you get your funding now? I know you mentioned your virtual run, but out, any other outside sources? Yeah, so we um, we have a grant writing team and we're crossing our fingers that we are able to secure some grants in 2021. We do have the virtual race series that's going to be going so individuals can help us with fundraising. And then we also are always open to connections with local running groups or running companies. And as I mentioned, we partner with Black Girls Run and they have funded some of these participants through, which has been absolutely amazing. And so, yeah, so a lot of different sources. And if anyone out there is listening right now and wants to empower women through running and break barriers and is interested in helping with funding or making a connection, I would love, love your help. would love to hear from you. So where do you get your participants? I know you mentioned your collaboration with Black Girls Run. Do you have other places or is it just word of mouth or does people we look do. on the website? Yeah. So we, um, we've sort of started with a couple different groups that we're trying to really work on recruiting. One, yes, is a racially diverse community. So through Black Girls Run, et cetera, to try to bring women who might have felt a barrier because of ethnicity to running open-armed and support them in their journey. So that's one group. We also really want to help moms. We know that life gets a little challenging once you're a mother and many women experience postpartum depression. And also as we go through motherhood, sometimes we end up feeling like it's not okay to take time to take care of ourselves, but it is so important to be strong and to take care of our bodies. It makes us a better mother. So we have an outreach coordinator for women pre-postnatal and, and moms. And then another group that we've identified that we're working on right now is a military spouses and those in the military to support them and their journey, you know, when they're traveling and they're gone and it's really, it can be very difficult on families. And so again, the benefits, the resiliency, the stress management can be very val valuable for that group as well. And I only see the recruitment growing from there. We only have capacity right now to reach out to a certain number of groups, but we, I think as we continue building our team, I mean, the vision is to welcome every woman to the running community and give them that opportunity to experience all the benefits. How did you form your collaboration with Black Girls Run? You know, I totally feel like it was a God thing, honestly, Wita. I um, interviewed Adina Crawford on the Rise Resolute podcast, and she's an amazing, amazing woman. And we just really connected when we did our interview. And I was talking to her. I had already been thinking about ARC at that point and kind of had it put together. And she said, you know what? I am a BGR ambassador, and I know the CEO. Let me put you in touch with her. So she did, and I 
was able to make contact with JL Alexander, who's the CEO of Black Girls Run. And it kind of just evolved from there. We talked about the program and all the benefits and how we want to collaborate with running organizations and coaches. We, we are nonprofit. We're not out there to take clients away or anything. We just want to support women wherever they are in their journey, whether they're coming to running or if they're already a runner and they just are looking to maybe break through their training barriers, et cetera. So that connection was made and JL's amazing. We've been working together. And while I'm on that, JL's son has been ill. And so I just want to also mention that we are all thinking of JL and her son and wishing them healing and sending all of our prayers and our love out as well. Season two, I will start a new series called Ask the Doc. If you have questions related to musculoskeletal injuries or musculoskeletal health, please send me a voicemail. Go to my website at www.weouilove.com. Click on the tab voicemail, leave your voicemail, and select messages will be aired and answered on the segment. Now back to the episode. Your applicants to the program, you, you mentioned, do you have a certain uh, number that you can take and how do you determine who will, I guess, make the program? Is it based on who applies first or is there a, an interview process? Yeah, that's an excellent question. So on each cohort, we identify the funding that we have to support the participants in that cohort, right? So depending on what we have going on with fundraising, the cohort or who's funding that particular cohort, it may be bigger or smaller based on what funds we have available. So we set the participant number based on the funding that we have available. And then we open the application process. People who want to apply fill out an application and then it is reviewed by our team and evaluated on a need and merit-based scale. And then participants are accepted based on those parameters. So we have a scoring system, et cetera. And then oftentimes we wait list. We have so many, so many amazing women. I wish that every woman who applied, I could say, yes, I want to. In fact, I have one of my dear friends is on the board with me and she is amazing because she helps me check myself and say, okay, you can't say yes to everyone because we don't have the funding. I actually personally have funded many people through myself because I'm just that bullshit about it. But yeah, so that's kind of how it goes. And it used to be that it was a rolling application process, but now because of funding limitations and the overwhelming interest, we've closed it and we are going to announce as we have new cohorts opening up. Where do you get your coaches and your mentors? Is it also word of mouth? Yeah, you know, it's a lot of connections that I had made through the podcast. Honestly, you know, that's how this all started. It was knowing that there were these amazing coaches out there. And so I built the team based around women that I had interviewed on the podcast or friends of women. And now if you are interested in becoming a coach, you certainly can submit your resume. And as we grow and need more coaches, you know, that will be evaluated by our board. In terms of mentors, we also have a link for mentors and it's a questionnaire that you fill out. And then at the end, of the eight-week period, your mentee will also fill out a questionnaire about their experience. And so then we take that information and say, okay, was this a good match? Did this mentor, you know, did this all work? And then kind of assess that ongoing to see if the mentorship for another participant should continue, if that makes sense. Makes sense. 
I want to mention one other thing too. Participants in the program are individually matched with each coach and mentor. So that means when someone comes through the program, we take their whole application, all of the information about them and use that to really individualize the matching. So are they a new runner? Are they experienced runner? You know, which coach would be best? Are they a mom? Are they not a mom? We have some coaches that are really good with stabilization right after you've had babies. So we match them individually for the coach and for the mentor. We try to match you with a mentor would match up with your distance and running, would be a good balance for your personality. So we really are taking time to do that as well. So if you are applying to become a mentor, you know, you haven't heard anything yet, it may be that we are, we're just full for that round, or it may be that we're waiting for the exact right person for you. I signed up to be a mentor and it's a perfect match. I can't wait to actually meet her one day in person. <laughs> Oh, I love that. Will you share just like a tiny bit for everyone just about how that is going and stuff? Do you connected with your mentee and you're finding it to be like a great interaction, Wita? She sent me a message and it was a lot of questions. So I was like, why don't we just talk? So I called her over the holidays and we talked about everything about our running experience. And she told me about her race and what her goals were. And so we connect mainly via text now, but I told her I was welcome to talk, but and we have a lot in common, actually, and we know some of the same people. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I just love to hear that. That's awesome. That makes my heart happy. Thank you for sharing that. After the eight weeks, what do you envision? Do you think most of your participants will want to continue with the, or what is your, I guess, your goal as for after the eight-week program? Yeah, so we have a transitional program that's available after they complete the eight weeks. ARC does not fund anything after that. So it's going to be a little bit based on what the coach can do in terms of any pricing offers that are available. But we do have a transition program available with every coach to hopefully support these women the best that we can when they complete those eight weeks. So I envision with these women, they're going to have a really solid base after they've started with ARC that they can continue building on even without any coaching or formal intervention after the program. But those that are interested in continuing certainly have that opportunity. Do you recommend coaches for most runners if you can afford it or use like some type of group program? So here's the thing, right? I've been running for so many years and I really had never had any formal program. And to be honest with you, the program that I did was I didn't really even talk to the coach a lot. I just put in my data. You know, they knew how fast I could run a mile. They knew what my goal was, which was at the time a 10 miler. And, you know, they built the workouts based on that. But the accountability and some of the different, the tempo runs and the threshold runs and some of the different things that we did were just so valuable. And even as a physical therapist, I mean, you would think I could write my own darn plan, but I would highly recommend it for anyone out there who is running to give it a whirl if you haven't tried it before, because I think it really can make a huge difference in the quality of your training sessions. I find it helpful. I tend to do too much. So a coach can kind of like you need to do too much. You're you're resting. Or I had actually had two coaches fire me because I had a lot of injuries, and then I showed them all my races, and it's like you're doing too much. That's why you get injured. So I I slowed down, but I still was doing too much, and I really wasn't listening. So she fired me. <laughs> so I think that may be another reason to get a coach is to basically keep you in check because. A lot of runners are type A and they think more is always better. And every run has to be like a personal best. And that's not the case. 
Yeah, okay. this is such a good point. I mean, for so many reasons, right? So as a physical therapist, I could not agree more with you. I think that we devalue the importance of rest sometimes and how restorative it can be and how much our body needs it. And not just our body, but our mind too. Um, we got to give ourselves some grace sometimes and a break and some TLC. I think that's one great reason. And then another one, like you mentioned, you know, I think that we can get caught up because we see social media and people are posting their pace all the time. And we want to like, we want to stay on track. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're on program like Strava. And- yeah, right. I agree. There's a balance. And I think, you know, I think we have to really, as women, stop comparing ourselves to others. It, I know it's a constant struggle, but if we can just stop that and just focus on what our bodies need and our own joy and our own health and taking care of ourselves. I mean, those are such good points. And I think, yes, a coach can make you accountable. I have a couple right now, actually, that I'm working with, with the coaches in the ARC program, trying to help these participants understand what it means to not go so hard all the time and the benefits uh, for your body if you can build in some of those rest days. So awesome, awesome point. Totally. Your program focuses on women and uplifting women. I know a lot of women I've talked to feel like to be a runner, you have to look a certain way. You have to be a certain size. You have to have this certain gear. And it discourages some people from even trying the sport. Can you speak to that and what your program does to kind of dispel those myths? Like you don't have to be a size two. Absolutely. In fact, when you said that, I like just got a little bit teared up because that is what this program is for. This program is to tell you if you are out there listening and you're considering running, but you think you don't look like a certain way or you, you don't have the ability, I would say you're wrong. Everyone belongs. And I honestly, I would also say, Wita, that those women out there that are sort of perpetuating this image of the size two small runner, if they knew what they were doing, they wouldn't want to put that image out there either, I think for the most part. And that's because I believe that all people are good at heart. But really that arc is made to break those barriers, to remind women, doesn't matter what you look at like, what race, what ethnicity, what how bigger, larger body is, you know, what your ability is. If you're doing a 20 minute mile, who cares? Just get out there and move your body. We know there are so many benefits. I will say that I think if you have some pain symptoms that you have to be very careful. That is the only caveat I will say. If you do have pain symptoms, it's really important to try to work with a physical therapist or a professional and don't push into pain. But otherwise, there is no reason that every woman can't be involved and the benefits just, they speak for themselves. Can you speak to that? I know a lot of my friends, they all, you're going to have some discomfort when you run, but running and you're in constant pain and continue to run without seeing a, a physician or a therapist is vitally important. Because a lot of people, they'll ask me like, do you think I'm having this pain? I'm like, you need to get it checked out because it could be something serious. It could be nothing. But sometimes those small little pains can progressively get worse and become something and have you out for months or even have to have a surgery. Totally. Yeah. You know, I reinforce this all the time with my ARC participants. I'm the physical therapist for many of the ARC participants. We we do have another therapist on staff as well, but I reinforce, you really do need to take care of things right away. I think we as women sometimes just put things off and we say, oh, it'll be fine. Sometimes it is fine, but it's always better to just take care of it early before it then turns into an even bigger issue that then eventually requires surgery or something more serious. So I would just reinforce the value of reaching out, using your network, using your resources. And I would invite anyone, send me a DM if you're having pain with running. I've been doing this for a long time and I, I just think it's so important to take care of those pain symptoms and take care of your body. The other side of that too, 
is that as we get older too, it becomes even more important. If we're putting a lot of wear and tear on our bodies and then we're, you know, we're advancing in age, we are leaving ourselves vulnerable to arthritis and all kinds of things that can happen as we get older that we really could help prevent by just taking care of those pain symptoms and learning how to strengthen and stabilize our bodies. Can you speak to, I guess, having a connection with a physical therapist? I know in my state, you don't necessarily have to have a doctor's order. And there's a couple of companies, recovery room, you can go in and basically get reevaluated. If you have something small, you don't necessarily have to go to a doctor and get a long physical therapy or prescriptions. Because I know a lot of, a lot of people can't afford therapy on a regular basis. But every day, if you have a problem, you can just get assessed to see if you have an injury. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of states, it varies by state. I'm in California and then I also own a physical therapy clinic. I'm the co-owner in Virginia. Um, And direct access means that you can go without seeing a a doctor first. Many states do have direct access, which means you can just go to a physical therapist, make an appointment. I would also say that most physical therapy clinics also offer a free consult. You're not going to get treatment, but you're going to get a brief consultation. Um, I know we do that at Best Life Physical Therapy in Virginia Beach and here at Rise Pacific Physical Therapy in Southern California. And a quick consult to take a look. I also have, in addition to ARC, I have a virtual platform. It's bestlifephysicaltherapydirect.com that you can go to. Message me on Instagram and I'm happy to help too. But yeah, I think there are many options out there. I know that people get scared about their insurance and whether they can afford it. And I encourage you, number one, to to call a local place and see if they do free consults and, and explore that option and direct access without seeing a doctor first. And then if that isn't an option for you, go to the next step. Try my virtual site, send me a DM, you know, reach out, just take those steps because there are many PTs that are even willing to do it pro bono to help you, to help you continue and to be pain-free and be active and be healthy. What distances do you run? You know, right now, my long runs are around seven to eight miles because I'm not training for anything. And I kind of realized that's about where I like it. It's kind of my sweet spot a little, any more than that. And my back starts to bother me a little bit, but most of my races are halves. I know that you're more, that you're more advanced with your distances than I am, Lena. Actually, I enjoy, I mean, I do marathon. I don't know why it's like a love-hate relationship, but my favorite distance is the half marathon because it's long enough, but not too long. And I love 10 milers, actually. Yep. Yeah, I would totally agree. I love a 10-miler too. I did a 10-miler. I started this all off doing a 10-miler in Washington, D.C. many years ago, the Cherry Blossom 10-miler. It's beautiful. The Broad Street, was my, my, well, that was my first long-distance race, and it went downhill from there. Because I know, I know some of my friends, they think, oh, to be a runner, you have to run long distance. And like, that's not true. A, a 5K, an 8K, a 10K, like whatever you want. Don't try to compare yourself to other people. More is not always better. That's totally true. And just getting out for a mile or two can have such tremendous benefits. So please don't think you have to do the long distances. And sometimes it's not good for your body. There have been times in my life where I I cannot go. I I cannot run more than a 5K because it's not, it's just not worth it for, you know, how I hurt afterwards. So listening to your body too and realizing that, you know, you don't have to, it's not, it doesn't have to be a lofty goal. Just a small goal, you know, just a small goal with running can really make a difference. I know you mentioned this before, but you don't have to be so concerned about pace that it takes away from the joy of running. Just because your friend runs a seven minute mile, which I never have run a seven minute mile and I don't know if I ever will. It's okay. It's okay. Just being out there, you're, you're winning. You don't necessarily have to be as fast as the other person. We don't have to compare ourselves to other people. Oh my gosh, it's so true. And the thing is, I think when you release the idea with pace and you just kind of tap into the joys, 
And I know it's not always joyful for everyone every day, but I would suggest that if you just tap into the nature around you, your breath, the fact that your body is capable of getting out there and doing it and get away from all that other stuff, I think you're going to reconnect with running again and find that joy. I think this can be generalized to life too. Take the pressure off yourself to be perfect all the time and to strive so, so hard for some of these things that are unattainable and just be present and joyful in the moment. You know, life is short. And so when we're too hard on ourselves, we end up missing some of the joy. What obstacles have you had to overcome in regards to running or even your career? Because part of my podcast is to present my listeners with guests who have overcome obstacles to make it to their finish line. Yeah, I love that. And that's what I do on the Rise Resolute podcast as well. Just talking about those struggles and it can be so powerful. I mean, for my running, for running, I mentioned my back pain and overcoming that. I'm also a mom of four kids. So making the time or figuring out when I'm going to run, whether it's really early or I figure out a time with my husband that he could watch the kids. I have an older daughter now, so it's a little easier. But back when they were younger, you know, and I was pushing twins in a double stroller while I was running. I mean, that was something. I ran a 5K with them in that stroller and um, in a couple other races too. And, you know, that was something. I'll tell you, Wita. I can't imagine. I see people, with, especially double strollers, and they're going faster than me. And I'm like, wow, that's impressive. It is. I, whenever I see a mom pushing a stroller, I always, always stop and say, way to go, rock on. She, they probably think I'm crazy, but I'm just like, I want to give them that support. But then aside from running, I lost my mom 13 years ago unexpectedly. She died in her sleep and losing your mom is, it's really unexplainable unless you've been through it. It was a really, really hard thing to go through and still is. I mean, grief is a crazy thing. It can come back at any time. So how long ago did you lose your mom, Wita? 2008. Okay. Sort of around the same time. Yeah, that's crazy. Anyway, so that, and then I also had a miscarriage many years ago, and that was a really hard thing to come back from as well. Many other struggles as well in my life. But I think through it all, for me, Wita, I think number one, tapping into God's grace. And sometimes just, I have to just quiet my heart and just be still. And then also, I think choosing positivity is it's work, it's practice, it takes practice. And you also have to practice your resiliency, but making those choices and putting in the effort that it takes to try to have a positive outlook and try to be the light and spread the light rather than having darkness. I think that those things carry me through and have bad days. I mean, last year has been something. Yes, it has in so many ways. Yeah, I haven't been able to see my father and my brother and his wife and their kids and my extended family in Ohio and New York. We haven't been able to see each other and it, it does break your heart. But I think all we can do is put one foot in front of the other and try to live each day with grace and joy the best we can, you know? And that's that's sort of my philosophy. And running helps me. Running helps me feel strong. Running helps me have those moments of just peace and joy and so it does help me on this journey as well. Like you say, putting one foot in front of the other, it's kind of like running analogy or lessons learned in the midst of a race. I remember my first mm-hmm. marathon and I had the worst iliotibial friction band syndrome. It hurt to bend my knee, but I limped to the finish line and I kept saying, I keep going, I'll make it. I keep going, I'll make it. And I like use that when I have hard days outside of running. It's like, it's that resilience that you learned during a race or during training that carries over into other aspects of your life. 
Oh, it's totally true. And I, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly that the mindset you develop to get through those races definitely carries over. And I think I mentioned that I, I repeat a song to myself. I will not be shaken. I will not be shaken. I will not be shaken. And I think it does. It helps us remember that we can do hard things. You know, we really can and we can make it through. It's interesting. When I did my, my first and only Ironman, I wrote Bible verses on my arm. So I was like, when I have a bad moment, which I had many moments during that day, I could just look on my arm and say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Like, I'm going to make it to the end of this race one way or the other. I love that. And that particular verse actually was on my mom's fridge with a picture of my daughter. And she loved that verse. And she had this. And so after she passed, I, I kept that one. So it's funny that you mentioned that one. We truly were kindred spirits. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Any last minute pearls of wisdom for my listeners who are runners or who desire to start running? Yeah, absolutely. Well, what I would say, first of all, if you are at the beginning of this journey and you want to explore running, I really would invite you to check out activeresoluteconnected.com and we would love to support you. And um, feel free to shoot me a DM on Instagram if you'd like more information as well. I'm at Rise Resolute on Instagram and that is my podcast. So I would put a plug out to check that out as well. Again, stories of athletes, triumphs and um, resiliency just to give you a little boost in your day. For runners and for all the people out there who are listening, I would just say positivity is always a choice. It does take work, but it is worth it. And also that we are not alone in this journey, that our connections that we make with one another really can help us navigate the hard times. So please um, reach out and nurture those people in your life and also be a friend and really give love. I think giving love too just is so powerful. So I'll wrap it up with that. I could go on and on, but I really appreciate the opportunity to, you know, put some of these positive vibes out there, Wida, and to chat with you today. I enjoyed it so much. Well, thank you, Gina, for joining me. I'll put all of your links in the show notes so uh, people can find you. Thanks again for joining me. And I look forward to working with you. That sounds great. Yeah, we did, might come on the Rise Resolute podcast too. So everyone stay tuned for that. I think we have some ideas of things we can talk about and continue the conversation. So thank you again so very much. Thank you. That wraps up this episode of Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast. Thank you for tuning in. If you already haven't, please download Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast on Apple, Spotify, or however you listen to your favorite podcast. If you have any questions, concerns, or possible show topics, please email runitischeaperthantherapy, O-L-B, Omaha Love Brown. Again, that's runitischeaperthantherapy, Omaha Love Brown, at gmail.com. I also can be reached via Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Handle We Life, We Love. OUI Life, OUI Love. Thank you, and please tune in again.